The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, happy Saturday. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week podcast. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Steven Serta. Still pretty quiet around Kansas City as we're all eagerly awaiting the start of Chiefs training camp, but a few things to get you caught up on from the past week. We'll start things off with the Great British Chiefs show. They discussed all of the Arrow headlines to keep you caught up on everything you need to know after a long holiday weekend. After that, we'll take a quick time out. When we get back, we'll wrap things up with Chiefs Coast to Coast, discussing some of the other news from the past week, as well as Travis Kelsey and how content he is with his current contract. That's all coming up on today's Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week. Hi there. Welcome back to the Great British Chiefs show with Brad and Tom. We've got to talk about this. Uh, The Germany ticket debacle. There was 1.4 million people trying to get 58,000 tickets madness crazy um and we tried it and well i mean we've got tickets uh, let's just announce that now we've got tickets yes we have um we're a friend thankfully we're a friend thank <laughs> yes. you very much yeah 1.3 million people were ahead of me in the queue when i logged on did you stay on i did just just out of sheer stubbornness i will get to the front of this queue <laughs> and got there i did yeah it's it was mad like a stressful occasion and yeah. i accept that we are a lucky pair of guys to be going to this game we uh, are very lucky, because there are a lot of people that want to go to this game and probably are missing out on their first opportunity to see the chiefs live to see patrick mahomes live and i do feel sorry for people like that doesn't mean i'm going to give them my ticket but i do feel sorry for people um but yeah just the demand for the nfl in europe at the moment is just it's mad. Like the, the, Europe's getting a Super Bowl. Yeah, hundred percent. London is getting a Super Bowl in the next ten years. Yeah. I'll put money on it. Like some people might not like it, but it's going to happen. It will be an early kickoff game for a lot of, of Americans, but it will happen because this this market, this European market, is just exploding. And the NFL cannot ignore it. No, they can't. They just can't. They they need to keep. They need to keep expanding. Whilst what the NFL have been clever with is by giving themselves this 17th game. Mm-hmm. This 17th game where you could arguably put them all on neutral sites if you wanted to. That enables the NFL so much freedom 
to move games around the world. And I think they would be wise to do it because the NFL is a very popular sport, but it's still a baby compared to other sports globally. They're like it's America's favorite sport. It's America's most watched sport. The market outside of America is grow, growing at a rapid rate, but still compared to football slash soccer, compared to basketball, compared to cricket as well. Yeah. The global audience is tiny. Yeah. So they need to continue to push their boundaries and pushing their boundaries is by putting more games abroad. You can't have, you've got 1.3 million, 4 million Europeans yeah. trying to get tickets for one game, one game, one point. I've never seen anything like it. Like I've been in lines to get tickets before on Ticketmaster Weber. Never, ever have I seen anything like a queue. Cause like when the, when the thing come out, when they said to me, give me my queue number first, I saw it. I thought 130,000 Christ, I might stand a chance here. But then yeah. I counted the numbers again. It was like, there's seven digits here. Mm. seven digits that's mad seven digits no decimal points i was like this is madness and so i just think the nfl are going to have to do it they're going to have to continue to send games abroad more in germany more in london send games maybe i don't know to japan australia mexico brazil they're going to have to do it because there's such a hungry market for these games and yes people will come to the states to see games but they're your true fanatics that will go across to america to watch games if you're trying to branch to new audiences, you're trying to entice people into this this sport, you need to bring games to the people. And I think that's what the NFL are going to do. I, I just I, I just cannot believe the, the number and the sheer size of the fan base that wanted to buy tickets for this one game in Frankfurt, Germany. Ludicrous. Well, put it this way, uh, 1.4 million people, 58,000 seat stadium. You could have sold that stadium 24 times. Jesus. 24 times, and, and that's not going to be lost on the NFL bigwigs at yeah. all. It's going to be like, hang on a minute. We could re- we've could got a gold mine here because clearly there's fans from all over wanting to get Yeah, these. yeah. And we've got one game over there in Germany. Right, we, we need to put more on for this. And I haven't even it, checked. How much are tickets selling for in the secondary market these days? Ugh, I haven't even looked. I dent. Yeah. I just, I, get, I just bought, get angry about it. I would have bought a ticket from a towel. As much as it would have pained me to do it, I would have bought a ticket from a towel. Yeah. Just to get just to get into the stadium, and I probably would have spent a few hundred pounds or euros or dollars or whatever you want to call it, yeah, on on getting that ticket. But it must you must be talking what six, seven, eight hundred pounds at least. Must be just for a secondary ticket for a regular season game. It's that, that'll be in the in the nosebleed seats as well. Yeah, it's just man, I can't wait. I cannot wait. It's gonna be. It's going to be awesome. I'm glad that we're going. I've we've obviously had our flights booked, had our hotel booked for a little while now. The last bit to do was get tickets, and I'm glad yeah. we got there. And But trust us, Chiefs Kingdom, it's not lost on us. I've said this before. Yeah, going to Chiefs games are special. This will be my fifth Chiefs game that I'm going to see. I think my f- second time seeing my homes. It's not lost on me. I I, I, I am very, very appreciative of, of being able to get hold of a ticket and appreciative to our friend that got us a ticket. Oh, absolutely. But, um, I do, I I do feel bad for the people that haven't got a ticket, but at the same time, I still know they're going to have an awesome time, whether they make it to Frankfurt or not. Well, that's what we were saying. I mean, we we even said ourselves, look, if 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 we don't get a ticket, then we'll just do what we planned, what we we're going to do with the Super Bowl. We're just going to be enjoying ourselves in Miami and just find a bar mm. somewhere. And it was 
it was just soaking up that atmosphere, wasn't yeah. it? You know, there was the Super Bowl atmosphere. It was the first one that the Chiefs had for so many years, you know, yeah. for 50 odd years. Um, and, and this is probably almost threat like a Super Bowl atmosphere, mm-hmm. really, because it's one of the first games that the Chiefs are going to be playing. It's the first time they played in, in, in Germany, isn't it? Yep. Um, so, and and with the game being so huge with the uh, the Tyreek Hill link as well, I think that's probably added the uh, the excitement level to it, and mm. the fact that the Chiefs are Super Bowl champions as well. Everybody wants to watch the champions. So, um, it's yeah, it, it it is insane. And and like I said, I really feel bad for people who who haven't been able to get a ticket. But you know, hang in there. Apparently, there's going to be resales happening. On what is it? Is it happening now? Is it? I don't know. I don't. I have no idea either. But uh, yeah, if you can get there, please try it. But you will, you will enjoy Frankfurt. You will enjoy Germany because it's such a wonderful place. So uh, what a yeah. week for London, eh? You've got Tom Childs calling out the Super Bowl for London just after you had John Cena asking for WrestleMania to be in London. <laughs> what a week! What a week! What a week! You know what? John Cena actually follows me on Twitter. I think you've mentioned that before, actually. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I I DM'd him asking him how many retweets for a match at WrestleMania. Oh, uh, right. Well, you weren't verified, so he probably th- he probably thought you were trustworthy. Yeah, yeah. He ain't got back to me. <laughs> Are people still on Twitter these days? <laughs> I think I'm in the blue sky in a minute. <laughs> I, I was just doing some. I was doing some research into that. Isn't it like an education and teachers platform? Yeah, like, I think so. And now for, uh, <laughs> People are going to use it to wear like those all those teachers. All those teachers are going to be sat on on um, Twitter and whatnot, and all of a sudden they're going to come across a meme. It's going to be like, what? What is this? What is all these different memes and videos? Like, oh, like tigers eating people in the Egyptian Sea and stuff like that. Like all these videos that you see on Twitter that sh- shouldn't be anywhere on the internet, but they are. They're going to be popping up. You're going to have only fans, only fans, girls popping up on education <laughs> platforms. Like, like Chiefs content galore. Yeah, yeah. Just like I don't know. Like, yeah, bloody chiefaholic just on there. Doing, I'm back, baby. I just I, I don't know what's going on. Everyone's going to blue sky. Like I'm here for it. Honestly, the whole world seems to be going to the blue sky, and blue sky yeah. are going. Oh my god, what are we going to do here? We're going to blow blow our our one little server that we've got. <laughs> Time to invest in them, I think. Buy shares in Blue Spy. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Just keeping on with the kind of uh, international theme at the minute. Uh, Our headlines, uh, I found one before. It was actually a few days ago now, but uh, apparently Clyde Clyde Edwards-Lair was in London as part of an NFL fan experience show that they were going through. And um, he he spoke with NFL uh, Sky Sports reporter Cameron Hogwood about uh, receiving his ring and how being a Super Bowl champion sunk in instantly uh, as soon as the clock struck zero. Um, So he's clearly talking about it. He's clearly very happy that he's received his ring. Um, And he seemed quite happy in London as well. He he actually met somebody we knew as well, didn't he, who uh, chased him down relentlessly to try and get autographs off him. Um, yeah, he so literally what, had a, some weirdo in the middle of London running yeah. after him. Um, Paul Clyde probably thought, who's this guy running after me in a Dwayne Bow jersey? I don't know what he was in. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, um, I thought the the, the Edwards Hilaire snippet was fascinating because mm. we haven't heard a lot from him in the off-season, but a lot's really been said before. about him in the off-season. 
And like there was all this discourse. Oh, he didn't show up to this. He didn't show up to this. He was. Yeah. I think he was a healthy scratch, wasn't he, in the Super Bowl? Yeah. Um, by the way, that's something they need to do away with scratches in the Super Bowl. Let your complete sidetrack here. Let all fifty-three players dress for the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, come on, what are you doing, NFL? Just ridiculous. Let all players dress for Super Bowl. But anyways, but yeah, we haven't really heard a lot about. Edward Zeller this offseason. And for him to come out and speak so openly, so positively mm. about his Super Bowl experience being the Chiefs looking forward to this season, it was really refreshing to hear because there's been this, I don't know, this persona that other people have created for him that he's unhappy, he's looking to get out of the Chiefs. Uh, he's he's obviously, he might be traded, all of this, but this guy's clearly switched on and looking forward to new season. I, I, I liked it from him. I enjoyed it. Yeah, definitely some positive positivity coming out of, uh, especially the Chiefs organization itself. You know, they, they're happy to have him around still and everything. And uh, he's clearly got a, pl- a part to play in this team, whatever that's going to be. Um, but yeah, he seemed very positive. I was, yeah, I was quite impressed with him actually. Um, and and he, I think he, da- I, do, I do think he has a part to play as well yeah, in this offense. He does, yeah. I'm, I'm absolutely fine with running back stable of. Uh, Edward Zelaire, Jared McKinnon, and Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah. I think that's fine. It's more enough to. Clyde Edward Zelaire was dealing at the start of last season. He was becoming a very good option, especially in the passing attack. Like this famous Clyde Edward Zelaire out the backfield catching passes finally turned up for the first few weeks of the season. It's only when he really got injured that yeah. he kind of fell off. And that obviously that paved the way for uh, Pacheco and Jared McKinnon. Like, he's probably not the most well rounded of all those three running backs, but. He certainly offers something. And I'm more than happy for him to be here for his final year. Would it be his final year? No. Uh, no, he's good. No, yes, it would be. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, this is his fourth year, yeah. yeah. This would be his final year of his contract. Let him play out. Let him play out. Let, let's see what we got in, in the guy. Like, are we going to pay him? Are we going to give him a second contract? Probably not. Oh, is there going to be someone else wearing the 25 jersey next year? Probably Yes. But whilst we've got him, we might as well enjoy him just run him to the grounds at the same time. I think we we'll probably will use him more, just like you said, run him in the ground. <laughs> use him as much as we can. <laughs> I mean, it, it sounds brutal to talk yeah. about that, about another human being. But in the, the day, the Vikings have just literally released Dalvin Cook at 27 years old. Like, it's just... I don't want to go into the running back value conversation because it's such a boring conversation. That was actually one of the uh, yeah. lines, but I haven't put it in this yeah, one. I'm so. not, I, I don't want to go into that, but <laughs> I think if you can, you're in situations where you're winning games, you want to run the football, keep Isaiah Pacheco healthy because yeah. he's going to be your running back in two years' time. And if you trust Edward Zelaire enough in those situations, put him out there. Yeah. Let him run the ball in those situations. They keep the chains moving in the third and the fourth quarter where they've got a two score lead or whatever it was. Don't 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 ruin Pacheco now because we're going to need him mm. for two or three years. But in, in Edwards Alaire, you've got a guy you know you're not going to be paying, you're not going to be keeping around. Might as well use him in the third and fourth quarter. You might use him, yeah. You might use him all season and then use Pacheco in the in the playoffs. Who knows? I, I, I don't know what. Why not? Why not? Why yeah. Not? Yeah. Yeah. Save the young kid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the other hour headline I want to bring up was um, Kelsey isn't getting bogged down basically about money talk. Um, it just showed the maturity of Kelsey right now. Uh, the fact that he was asked obviously the question about you know are you you know bothered that you should be actually getting paid more and he was like yeah 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 I should be getting paid more but I'm not really fussed. Um, he's more of a team player. He wants to win and that's why he's at the at the Chiefs. And I thought great answer. It's almost like I'm trying to. 
put this in a way that won't be misconstrued, but uh, let me think of another example. It's almost like, I don't know, like a boxer turning down a fight because he knew he'd win anyway. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I, I could get paid, but, but I'm not going to win. I'm not going to bother. Yeah, I could. I could take the paycheck. Like now. Tyson Fury won't fight. What's his face? Dylan De- 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 anymore. He know yeah. he get paid for it if he fights him, but he's not going to fight him because he knows it's not a challenge. He knows he's going to win. Mm. That's kind of what it's like for Travis Kelsey. He knows he could get paid more. He knows his value, but he's just not bothered, and he knows that he can make money elsewhere. Yeah. He knows that in Tyson Fury, right, he could make money by Deontay Wilder again, or or even potentially getting a fight with Anthony Joshua. But in Travis Kelsey's term, he's like. I can get money from elsewhere. He's just got an advert out with Bud Light. Gone down the whole Mahomes angle where he's not actually advertising a beer, but it looks like he's advertising a beer at the same time. It's beer grunts instead. I I just think Kelsey's just such a smart man and clearly cares about his on-field legacy more than his uh, paycheck. That's not to say he doesn't care about his paycheck. He's still getting paid a tidy amount of money, but he knows that he has got a career after football waiting for him in entertainment or in punditry or whatever way avenue he goes down. He's such a charismatic guy that he's got so much money to make after his career. He doesn't need to make that much money during, during the chiefs. He can, he's more than happy just to sit there and just build a legacy. And also he probably knows that his time's running out as well. Like he's, yeah. he's definitely in the, the back third or quarter of his career. So maybe he just wants to get as many rings as, as much success under his belt as possible before then. He's definitely in a unique position because he, like you said, he's he's obviously got that ability to to walk away from uh, actually playing the sport and then obviously doing all his commentary work and stuff like that. He could, he, I think, he'd be a hell of a commentator. I think he'd be one hell of a great. Uh, it'd be like he's another a podcaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not quite brilliant. as good as us two, but he's still a good podcaster. I mean, you know, we can give him a few pointers if he wants to contact us. You know, just to uh, you know, make yeah. sure just take off a little bit more. You know, but. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think I think it makes that decision easier for him that he doesn't really need to pick up the paycheck while playing because, like you said, he knows he's going to get more after he plays, and mm-hmm. and I think building that legacy helps cement that later on down the line as well. Um, yeah. He's got more about him than Gronk, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Any excuse for you to take a dig at the Patriots? Any excuse? I can't stand them. Still. I like I like Gronk. I like him. I don't like him. Uh. Nah. Can't. I won't tell him to his face. I'm not like one of those guys that, you know, just called out Kelsey for running soft. Who was that guy? Oh, well, the guy from Vast, not Vastal. It was part of my take podcast. That's the one, yeah. Really, from Kelsey part of my take. Soft. Oh, but Kelsey crazy, agreed man. with him. What? Have you not seen the, the backup video, the secondary video to that? Oh, wait, but well, Kelsey's with him. Yeah, yeah. And yeah Kelsey yeah, agreed that. with him. Kelsey agreed with him. He said at times he does run soft. So... No, it's just it's just intelligent football. It's not running soft. It's intelligent. It's just making sure that you're just ready for the next play. I love the fact that you're more bothered about this than Travis is. <laughs> I'm not bothered by it, Tom. <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. <laughs> I'm fine with it. Fine. Clearly, he's not bogged down with the money. He's not bogged down with the fact that somebody's calling him. He's running soft. Uh, and he's clearly not, not fussed to the fact that he's just winning golf tournaments as well. Um, him and Mahomes just literally laid down the smack, and that was it. It was. Is there anything that they that those two can't do? I bet they're crap at football. Slash do, re- do you reckon? Oh, actually, I've seen Mahomes try and kick a football before when he was doing yeah. the Bayern Munich thing, and he wasn't that good at that. I must yeah. admit. So, I reckon that's. I reckon that's probably the one thing. Maybe backgammon as well. 
but I reckon that and backgammon. Football slash soccer. No, no, no. Football slash soccer are the, the two things that I'm better than Patrick Mahomes at. Oh, that's something to really tell the grandkids that. And I'm better than Patrick Mahomes at playing football. And you could just say, I'm because our kids obviously won't speak American English. We can just say to them, oh, I'm better than Patrick Mahomes at football. And they yeah. won't know what football I mean. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll try that. My son, will just, my son will just laugh. Yeah. Dad, I've seen you play football. You're crap. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, there was a time, right? I know I'm, I keep telling these stories. I go off on a little tangent, but there was a time when I told my son when he was little that uh, I, I I could do this Ronaldo trick, right? And it was like a bit of a, like, you know, step overs and stuff like that, right? And we were playing football in the park. The park was packed, right? And the ball went over the fence and... He kicked. The, he he ran over to go and get the ball. Threw it over the fence. He goes, "Dad, show us that Ronaldo play that you can do." <laughs> Everyone just turns out. The whole yeah. part was just laughing, like looking yeah. at me, going, "Go on, then, son, do it." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Put your money where your mouth is. Come on. <laughs> I was like, "Shut up, shut up." <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah. Um, next hour headline I want to mention is um. It's a quick one, really. I mean, it's something that everybody knows already. Uh, the 2023 NFL head coach rankings, Andy Reid, remains number one. I think it's fair. I do. It's fair, isn't it? I, I, I know the CBS article that you're referencing there. It was headlines yesterday. Yeah. Uh, led headlines. I think it's completely fair because it makes a good point saying that whilst Bill Belichick is the best of all time, mm. which is also completely fair, Andy Reid is miles and miles ahead of him right now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, moving on now. We'll stay with Travis Kelsey, though. He featured in, he was featured, excuse me, Jesus, English all over the place, in Vanity Fair magazine. Nice little write-up here and um, a lot of good stuff. We're kind of recapping since the last episode. The one thing that kind of made the rounds around the NFL world was about specific to his salary. And this is something that we've mentioned time and time again, especially on this platform. Um, Vanity Fair writes, no one should weep for Kelsey, who's earned nearly $65 million in his playing career. He isn't crying either, but admits his associates bristle over his salaries. My managers and agents love to tell me how underpaid I am. Anytime I talk about wanting more money, they're just like, why don't you go to the Chiefs and ask them? One more part about Tyreek Hill, who got uh, traded to Miami and got a big payday. He says, when I saw Tyreek go and get $30 million a year in the back of my head, I was like, man, that's two or three times what I'm making right now. He says, I'm like, the free market looks fun until you go somewhere and you don't win. I love winning. I love the situation I'm in. 
Travis Kelsey kind of unfiltered on something he doesn't really like talking about. Um, I've asked him about this in the past. I think it was at that Tahoe event last year. Um, kind of just kind of sidestepped it and had a very political response. This is a little bit more dressed down, in my opinion. And this has kind of been out there for a little bit, Mark. So what do you think about uh, Travis as far as these statements to Vanity Fair? Yeah, I mean, it's not surprising. And it's one of those things, right, that Travis Kelsey could really be a trendsetter for that position because it's always you're a tight end. You're not a wide receiver. Yeah. But the way the NFL is played now, especially if you're a Travis Kelsey level tight end, you're essentially a wide receiver. Like it's kind of like how in basketball, it's positionless basketball, right? You have yeah. like these stretch fours or guys that are playing the point guard, but they're really six eight, like a Luca, right? Like it's unconventional. And I feel like that's kind of the mode that Travis Kelsey is in right now, where he should on paper. I mean, if Ty- Tyreek Hill's getting 30. We all agree that Travis Kelsey was the number one option with Tyreek Hill on that team. So why isn't he getting anything near that? But he's a tight end. So I think we kind of have to get rid of this position title thing and really just look at the production. I think that will happen eventually, but he could be the guy that could really change it. Now, thankfully, as a Chiefs fan, a Chiefs supporter, you're happy that he's not willing to break the bank and he's willing to play on these team-friendly deals which is funny to say because he still is the highest paid at his position. And if you look at the average tight end salary, I believe it's around only like $2 million. Like the average tight end is like making $2 million a year. Charles wow. Kelsey is making about three times that. So if you look at just the title of his position, he is not underpaid. But if you just look at him as a football player, he is definitely underpaid. Do you know what Kelsey's salary is for next season? I just shot a message in the chat. I didn't uh, it's around what I don't want to miss Um, I agree with you on him being underpaid. Obviously, I think that's pretty cut and dry. The bigger part of this quote that I think if you're a Chiefs fan, you really hang your hat on is, you know, the open market looks fun until you go somewhere and you don't win. That is something that not everybody values. And I know we're going to talk about DeAndre Hopkins a little bit up, a little bit later in this episode and about what his values are as far as the free agent market. And I know you even tweeted earlier today, you couldn't even believe he was still a free agent. Travis Kelsey has shown you right here in black and black and white that he values winning. And they're coming off another Super Bowl win. Serta shot it in the chat just now. His base salary for the upcoming season is $11.25 million, which, as Mark mentioned, if the average salary for uh, the uh, tight end in the National Football League is two. He's in that top 1% uh, or top 5%, whatever it is, of earners. And as you mentioned, the league, I don't know if this is a collective bargaining uh, agreement or what it is, but it's you're paid based on your position. Um, franchise tag, a lot of these things and these mechanisms that teams used, it's based on position. You can ask running backs how they feel about getting uh, the short end of the stick now and that kind of thing. I know we're zooming through this episode and, and, and we're trying to get uh, prepared for training camp, but I think eventually the Chiefs are going to sit down with Travis Kelsey and come up with something that looks a little bit more fair. And what do you think that looks like number-wise? Like, what, 15 per? 15 per is like what? That's upper level or above average wide receiver money? Yeah, yeah. Because if I'm Kelsey's people, and as we know, Agents are supremely motivated by getting the highest number possible. I mean, obviously, and he mentioned in this quote, like his agents are going to tell him all the time, like, hey, yo, man, like <laughs> you saw what you saw what this guy just got. 
You saw what this guy just got? You, Darren Waller or when dudes start to come up and Mahomes had talked about it in the past as far as, you know, wanting to carry the water for the quarterbacks and always moving the bar up and raising the bar. Um, it, it it was interesting to see this quote. There was a lot of good stuff in that Vanity Fair. He wasn't the cover of it, but there was a. It, it was almost like he was the secondary story there for Vanity Fair. Um, yeah, a lot of people know. were very selective in what quotes they want to take out and tweet out as well. Uh, Chiefs Kingdom didn't like it, uh, trying to make him seem like he was unhappy, even though he did eventually say that you know he does care about winning at the end of the day. That's his ultimate driving force, but. You know, it would be nice to get paid a little more. Who wouldn't want to get paid more, right? <laughs> more, more from Serta here. He ranks the top five NFL tight ends by their salary. Travis Kelsey is the number third ranked at around 14.3. We mentioned the base salary was 11.25, um, a 14.3 for this upcoming season. Number two, George Kittle who you would also mention in that class, $15 million. And then this one, I don't know if it's a surprise. I know he's been banged up. Obviously, the talent is there. Former Raiders tight end, now Giants tight end. Darren Waller, the top paid tight end uh, at about $17 million. Uh, that, that was what we were saying, right? I mean, put him, put, put him in their base, you know, move, move the base up or make the, incentive, make the incentives to where it's like make the Pro Bowl or, you know, 50 catches or something to where it's like, all right, you know, we got you. We got you. We hear you. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not an issue right now. I don't know where you stand on that. I don't think it's an issue. Uh, we kind of talked about, you know, with the Mahomes contract as well, right? Like, do you just come to the table and just give them everything right now? Like, you're just in a rush to pay Mahomes off this friendly deal. Wow. There's no pressure right now. There's no pressure. Let it ride. Let it I ride. never, I never said, I never said yeah, apply sure pressure on the side of like just make make them keep them happy. But keep yeah. your stars happy. Hell yeah, yeah. Mark, what you mean? But he's already happy. He's already happy. Absolutely, he's happy. But and uh, we covered this topic, and we're going to cover this topic again. I best believe it'll come up. I don't think there's any sense of urgency. I don't think Travis Kelsey is holding out from training camp or anything like that. He's in the inner circle in the core of this team. He is one of your he's one of your three cornerstones of your franchise right now. We're not talking about just anybody, Mark. Like we gotta when we're talking having this conversation with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey getting paid. You got to remember those are the two people that are eating the most out of out of the plate. So when I say that it it. It's because of the importance of what they mean to the team. Let's move on. Let's talk Chris Jones because he was heavily talked on our last episode, episode 48. Had my good friend Harold Kuntz on from Fox 4 here in Kansas City. I thought you did a great job. You know, Harold is not going to fly and take takes and, and be anything that you are on social media, but uh, it was good for him to stop by. And we talked about Chris Jones not making an appearance at the ring ceremony. We didn't have this piece of information then. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, that he was sick. Right? That he was sick. We did have that piece. Yeah, I'm yeah, tripping. Yeah. I'm yeah. tripping. What's the latest on Chris Jones? Are you nervous yet? Where's your panic meter at? This can be quick. I'm at the same place I was two weeks ago. Um, until a training camp starts and he's not there, then maybe I'll have a, a couple of bumps up. But right now, like if you gave me, if you want me to give you like one through ten, I'm at a on panic, probably like a two or a three. Like, I'm very low. I'm very that's low. moved up. I think I was at a one. Uh, yeah. I thought it was interesting that I think that's why I put this on here. The latest wasn't that he was sick. It was that he showed up to the barbecue festival was a couple of days later or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. 
um, and was spotted at Arrowhead and he made sure to post, which I thought was very interesting as well. And, and people in the chat, we were talking about this last time. I was like, oh, it's just a coincidence, man. Like, you know, he just got it's like there is no such thing as coincidences in the middle of a contract negotiation. When Chris Jones is coincidentally not at the ring ceremony and then coincidentally posts on his Instagram at Arrowhead and tags the Chiefs, that's not a coincidence, Mark. It's not. That was the new information. And I thought to me, that was another marker. Whether or not Chris is happy or not, we don't we we can speculate on that. But what we can say is he's playing the game. He's 100 percent you know, pushing the certain buttons to get fans to kind of react, to get kind of things moved, to not show up to mandatory minicamp. He's absolutely playing the game as far as the contract negotiation needs to go. So if you have the answer right now, will the deal be done before day one of training camp? Where are you at? Yes or no? Um, I'm saying yes. I think it's done right before day one. Like you think before day one? I do. I, I really thought the speculation was that they were waiting for one more domino to fall contract wise, and we haven't had any. We haven't had any contract any contract dominoes as far as defensive linemen are concerned. That is true. That is true. So that until true. until we start to see the market kind of flurry again, I don't. I don't think there's going to be any. I mean, Chris only gains leverage by not going. If he goes to camp, what's the leverage? That is true, but I'm I'm assuming that before then we do have another contract that happens prior to his. I okay. think we're just, we're just waiting on Quinn and Williams, I believe, right? That sounds right. That sounds I right. Just, I think it's just Quinn and Williams that we're waiting on at this point. So I do think that gets done within the next two weeks, and then you'll see Chris Jones happen immediately after. Yeah, that's yeah, sir to just clarify. Yeah, Quinn and Williams is the player they seem to be waiting on. Uh, so with that information, I'll say no. And uh, rookies report on the 18th. Vets don't have to the 21st. I mean, does Chris Jones really need more than two preseason games, one preseason game, maybe? No, but it would be nice to have him there for the young guys yeah. on the D-line, you know, just as a, a mentor, especially if we don't have Frank Clark anymore. And then Dunlap is probably going to be a late, late training camp preseason signing. So you really don't have much – really no veterans on that D line right now. So it would be nice for him for that aspect to have him around. It's a tradition. Unlike any other, we're wondering about the chiefs D line right before training camp starts. <laughs> we will keep an eye on that. Let's look back to super bowl 57 more information comes out. I don't know if this is new information. I don't know if this is old information. It was published by Mike Florio on pro football talk who says that the NFL has an unofficial excuse for the situation that was the grass and the turf in Super Bowl 57. I think CJ, CG, JG, Gardner Johnson, the Eagle, former Eagles corner, he basically said, you know, play that game on a regular field and it's a different story. And then Pro Football Talk says the unofficial excuse is that the players were not wearing the right cleats. The Eagles reportedly changed their cleats at halftime as a team and it still didn't matter. Is this. I'm so tired of this story, man. I'm so this is tired. like the this is like the Zapruder film or like some sort of like conspiracy theory. Everybody will or like JP Cooper or that dude who jumped out of a plane. Like everybody will have their own theory on on the grass and what went wrong. Because I keep thinking about it like this: if the roles were reversed in the Eagles one, this would not be a story. 
I, I don't see the Chiefs players making this excuse and being on Twitter talking about, man, I wish if the grass was right, then we would have won, run that back. I just, I don't see, and you know why I know that? Because I didn't see nobody say that after the Bucs Super Bowl when we played with our backup offensive line, <laughs> essentially. I didn't hear no excuses. I mean, the fans did, of course, but not from the players or the organization. So to me, it, it's really, it, it almost seems like the Eagles don't think they're ever going to get back. Like, I don't know. It just seems like they, they knew that was their chance. That was their one shining moment, and it got slipped away, and now they're never going to go back, which I don't think that's even – they shouldn't feel that way. I mean, they still have a really good roster. I think they're still the favorites to come out the NFC this year. Uh, I mean, they arguably have the best roster in football. Like, they're stacked on both sides of the ball. But I do think now, like, the fact that this is still going on, I, I really do think it doesn't bode well for their matchup in Kansas City this year in the regular season. Because, you know, the Chiefs players are like, okay, well, we know Arrowhead. We have great grass in Arrowhead. <laughs> so can't you, can't you see it now that the Chiefs win that game, the Chiefs players being petty on social media and the post Grabbing the grass. Yeah, I can totally see that. Like, <laughs> they're so quiet right now, but they're waiting for that game. They'd be like, well, what, what about now? We played on good grass, so what's the excuse? Two things there. The first of it being the grass impacted the game, but both teams played on the same field. Yeah. I think it neutralized Philly more because their strength was the defensive line. And there's really no, I mean, it, it's tough. It, it's tough. You Like, if you play a game in the snow, Certain teams are going to be more prepared for a snow game than others. If you play a game that has sight lines and the eye crowded, like it's just, there's so many different things you could point to. Yes, the grass was an issue. Uh, I don't love it being used as an excuse. Secondarily, I just lost my point. I don't even know what I was going to say. DG, DJ DG says they changed the grass during the commercial breaks. That's very funny there. Uh, Kyle still rocking what it says. Both teams play on the same field. What was I going to say? You were talking about Philly. I was about the game this season in the regulars when they play this year in Arrowhead. So there's not going to be no grass excuse in this one because the Chiefs are known for having the best natural grass in the league and, you know, all of that jazz. So I think I Philly also is really reeling because, I mean, they had a really good team last year, man. That, I mean, I know people called it an instant classic in the moment and now it's the most viewed Super Bowl of all time. Those were two very, very good teams. We've seen bad Super Bowls in the past. I think immediately back to that Patriots Ram Super Bowl in, in Atlanta. Lord of mercy. Your hometown. Um, of course, it'll be your hometown that hosts one of the most boring Super Bowls in recent memory. How you I see rock. this? You see, yeah. the, you, see, you see the best team in baseball right now? Ah, yeah. 58 and 28. Yes, sir. Eight all stars and all. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Chiefs Coast to Coast episode 49. Let's keep going. We got two more topics here before we get out of here. Love seeing y'all comments in the chat. If y'all got any questions to get us in here before we get on the training camp, send them now or forever hold your peace. This is funny, man, because we pick and choose when we want to support PFF, but it's list season because there's no content on the air, just baseball. So PFF ranks the NFL's top 10 coaches entering 2023. And you guessed it, Chiefs head coach Andy Reid is the top-ranked coach in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus. They say Reed is the best. There's just no debate. Yes, he has Patrick Mahomes, but Mahomes didn't make Reed who he is as a head coach. He enhanced him. 
as an all-time great coach-quarterback relationships do. Reed is not perfect. No head coach is. But since he took over the Chiefs in 2013, he is 129-52, and including the postseason with a cumulative offensive grade of 93.6 in those 10 years. Do not take it for granted, Mark Gunnels. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to argue this one, right? I mean, you look at a Bill Belichick, and unfortunately, we're going to always say, what has he done without Tom Brady? Uh, missed the playoffs. We obviously know he wasn't a good head coach in Cleveland before New England. So that's always going to stick with him unless he wins without him. And then it doesn't help the fact that in the first year Tom Brady leaves, he wins the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. So it makes it look like that was more Tom Brady there. And while Andy Reid never won a Super Bowl without Mahomes, he has been the one. He's been the four NFC championship games in Philadelphia. He's had multiple, several winning seasons without Patrick Mahomes. So we always knew he was a great coach. But now he's at that next level now where you could put him in all-time arguments, like top five all-time arguments at this point. At, at the time, he was top five currently in the league amongst his peers. But now I think after two Super Bowls now, what, nine total conference championships? If you count count the four in Philly and five here in Kansas City, that's a lot, man. It's a lot of success, a lot of winning. And obviously Mahomes enhanced it, but I think they both helped each other because I don't think Mahomes would be quite this Mahomes without Andy Reese play calling. You know, very creative. Yeah. I mean, we saw it in the Super Bowl, guys wide open in the end zone. So I, I definitely think it goes hand in hand. The coach, quarterback, and then when you add in that front office and GM element of it, it makes it a very special time to be here in the kingdom. I thought the most poignant point of this was the second paragraph. Reed is not perfect. No head coach is. And Chiefs fans, let's let's keep that in perspective. When we're yelling at Reed about timeouts or when we're yelling about uh, a shovel pass or there was plays, I remember in 2021 and 2022, where you're just like, why this, why that, or nitpicking. He's not perfect, but he's still one of the best ever to do this. And it is something special to behold. I wonder how long. I remember right before the Super Bowl, there was the rumor that, you know, this might be it. Or if he, you know, if they win. I remember Jay Glazer was the one that put his name on that and said that Reed might be hanging it up. I think he knows how special this run, in a, run is as well. Mahomes has said, you know, it's we're maximizing this window, not just with the players, but with the coaching staff. Um, Andy Reid is one of the best ever, and the Chiefs are lucky to have him. Andy Reid's training camp is also one of the most brutal, according to the players, and it starts very, very soon. July 18th, Chiefs rookies and quarterbacks will report to the campus of Missouri Western State University in St. Joe for the 13th edition of training camp, uh, Chiefs training camp. They're one of the few teams who goes away. I was looking at all the looking at all the league dates and report dates and locations. The Chiefs still do the old school bunk beds, go somewhere else. It's not at the team facility. Um, it's grueling. And this year, because of the Thursday opener, um, it's earlier than usual. Um, but we will uh, we will have our next episode the first day after that. Training camp opens on the 18th for media. Then veterans report on the 21st. First preseason game is August 13th. And camp breaks on the 17th. Um, 
you don't have to go deep on this, but just we're here, man. It's it's kind of crazy that it's our like our next pod. We will be one day into Chiefs training camp. Yeah, um, obviously you're looking at the position battles, right? And we wouldn't be coast to coast if we didn't mention the wide receiver room at least once. There it is. Oh, <laughs> I thought we were going to get out of here clean, man. <laughs> so I mean, I, I think the big question now is: Are they going to keep six this year? Are you going to keep six? And I, I think they are. I really do. I think they like uh, the potential there of maybe a Richie James as that sixth guy because uh, he brings some value on special teams in the return game. So I, I do think you see that possible. Um, I think we pretty much know the top four, obviously, is going to be KT, Kadarius, Tony, Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice, and MVS. I think you'll throw Justin Watson in there as the fifth guy. I feel pretty comfortable in saying that. Uh, sorry for all the Justin Ross people out there. Uh, I just, I know we talk about it a lot, man. I just don't see a pathway. I mm. just don't. When you're the sixth mm. receiver, you're the fifth or sixth guy, and you don't bring any special teams value, I, I just don't see how you make the roster. And uh, maybe a John Ross, because he has some potential in special teams as well. Uh, I know they kind of liked him early on. So we'll see, man. But I do think – their room is so deep right now. I'll be kind of surprised at this point if they don't keep six receivers. Wide receiver room will be interesting, and so will the running back room. That'll be the position battle that I have my eyes on entering training camp. I was talking with Jesse Newell of the KC Star at the Chiefs ring ceremony on the red carpet, and he poised this question. Under over 50 and a half carries for Clyde Edwards-Alaire in a Chiefs uniform. I hammered the over. I think he's going to be an impact player in the Chiefs offense, especially because we don't exactly know where Isaiah Pacheco or Jarek McKinnon are at right now. Neither of them really were participating in the mini camp or team periods up to this point. Uh, I think Clyde is someone who could also be traded. Uh, and that's no information. That's not me sourcing. Please don't put this out there and aggregate it. But I can see both sides of the – I could uh, like he's just one of those guys we're entering training camp. I can see both sides – um, of a really wide spectrum. So I'll have my eyes on the running back room as we enter St. Joe, Lord of Mercy. Hottest days of the year are here. But Mike Vick, if you were listening to this episode of She's Coast to Coast, I missed you last year at camp, my guy. Come back. Come on. I got a Wheaties box. I need your signature, man. Mike Vick, need that. 